Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of First Gen Failures after a quite long hiatus. Um, my name is Trisha. And I'm Eileen. And we're here to bring you an episode that I think is probably going to be highly requested and it's about college. Mm. The college application process and some of our best tips to get into the college of your dreams. Right. So around this time of year is when we get all those questions from rising seniors, like, can you tell us about your stats? Can you tell us about application process? Asking a bunch of different kinds of questions. And we thought it would be nice to have an episode to refer everybody to and be like, hey, if you have any questions about our experiences with the college application process, our tips on it, then just come right on over. What are our um, credentials, Trisha? I'm currently going to be attending the University of Florida. It was my number one choice in terms of high school, um, like, wish list, I guess. Like, I really wanted to go to UF. And pretty much, yeah. What about you, Eileen? And I'm going to be attending Brown University. So I think I can offer a little bit of insight on very selective college admissions as as Tricia. We've, we've done a lot. We've done a lot here. And we've helped each other a lot with college applications, helped a lot of other people. So maybe we can help you out, too. Yeah. And also, I think it's really interesting to note that, Eileen, we've been doing this podcasting for a year now. I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a six-month hiatus, but still, uh-huh. it's been a year. It's been a year. Okay, so one of my first tips is to have a theme to your application. Don't plan this. It's just something, like, that comes naturally. Looking at what you've done, your extracurriculars, what you're interested in, like, it sure it should reflect a common theme. One of the biggest downfalls for a lot of students that are very talented that get really good grades that have the perfect extracurriculars they don't have a very good theme to their application they might just be kind of all over the place Mm -hmm. the admissions officer that's reading your application is not really going to get a good idea of who you are as a person you need to remember that they're going to be every student is just every applicant is just another page on a computer screen so you need to really make yourself come alive you need to make yourself look animated you need to set yourself out there show why you out of all those other people deserve to attend this institution and really highlight that so i would say look over all your extracurriculars look over everything that you've done in your high school career and try to discern a narrative or a theme out of it don't try to plan this in advance i think the best thing that happened for me is i sat down i looked at all my extracurriculars and i noted common patterns i noted that you know i worked a lot with kids and i noted that i worked a lot with brains and that kind of became the theme to my application children and brains and I kind of went with it Trisha what about you well for me like I while I was talking to Eileen when we first started planning like college stuff I was like wow I really like to help out um like I had you know this podcast was really important to me I started my own charity um helped found UNICEF club with Eileen like we've just did so many things and I looked back at it and I was like I like helping and like looking at law internships and teen court like I really looked and I was like I want to give back and I want to use law as my way to do so. With this being said, don't try to make yourself look better than you actually look. It is so easy to see that for an admissions officer. And if you can like, you know, fib or lie, obviously no one's going to check it, but it is so morally wrong to like lie and say you're president of this and you did this when you didn't, because at the end of the day, like, even if you get into the college of your dreams and you lied doing it, you didn't actually get in. So that's definitely one of our biggest tips is to have a good solid theme to your application. Now, another thing I would also say is to keep up with deadlines. Every school's deadline is pretty different. If you use the Common App or the Coalition app, I'm pretty sure that the 
application software itself kind of keeps up for your application deadlines for you and tries to remind you. But especially scholarship application deadlines, like keep up with these different deadlines, use a calendar, a planner, something, maybe an Excel or a Google Google Doc to keep track of all the different schools that you're going to be applying to. Every school's deadlines and their requirements differ. So keep track of that information that they're posting on their website, in their application portals. Keep up to date. Don't miss out on this kind of information because it could mean the difference between you attending an institution for the next, what, four years and not. So going on to the actual college section, one of the first things you have to talk about are activities. And for this, you know, it's a it's a really good way for the admissions officer to get to know you. What have you done throughout high school? What's the continuity of your um, activities? Like, well, you know, what are the themes that are so prevalent in your application? So, I mean, what are some tips that you have? Definitely put the most important ones at the top. I've read that not all application officers actually read all 10 activities that you put in your application. So definitely from the most to the least important. Well, how do you decide what's the most important, what's the least important? You need to take into consideration your time commitments. How often, how much time every week are you spending doing this? How long have you done this for? How many months? How many years? Definitely take into consideration also your leadership level in whatever activity that may be. Are you the president or are you just a member? How much responsibility do you have? That kind of goes along with your leadership level. And also, in terms of actually filling out the activities, make sure that you're very succinct in your descriptions because you, you only have, I think, 150 characters per activity. Use numbers and stats when possible to put things into perspective. For example, if I'm talking about a fundraiser that I organized, I'm going to use numbers to describe how much money we made instead of just saying, I organized this big thing. Maybe that could also be in terms of attendance, like how many people attended an event that you organized, so on and so forth. Take into consideration your time commitments, leadership level, responsibility, be succinct in your descriptions, and use stats. Those are my tips for activities. I have to agree, and I remember that it was something that you would tell me a lot. Trisha, if the application officer is going to go based on your first three or five activities, what would you really want being shown? And with that being, I think that's something to keep in mind when you're displaying your activities, so another thing to talk about are recommendation letters. So now is the prime time to ask your teacher for recommendation letters. You're probably going to need at least two or three, depending on the college, but I think two or three is a good number. Um, and ask them over the summer so that teachers are willing to write them. They have a good amount of time to write them. They're not rushed, and they can really think about what your strengths are um, and write you a really good one, not a generic letter. You know, you really want to give your teacher time like months in advance so they don't feel rushed they're more willing to write them and they're not stressed writing them it's really important to have a good rec letter absolutely and definitely have a resume prepared for your recommenders I know a lot of teachers and recommenders especially they have a cap on how many they're willing to do every year so the sooner you ask the more likely you are to get into one of their like special spots especially if it's someone that you really want a rec letter from and also very carefully when you're picking people to write your rec letters Try and get d- people from different like disciplines or whatever to really show you, show every side of you as an applicant. For example, I know I chose a couple recommenders. I chose like um, my freshman year English teacher who also ended up being a mentor for me when I was class secretary. I chose my biology teacher who is also my cross country coach. I chose an- another English teacher that I really, really struggled with in her class, and she saw me grow a lot as a person. Those were my three recommenders. Choose people that really show the different facets of your personality, the different facets of you as a student as, as an in- and as an individual, again, to strengthen your application. 
I agree. And now that we have recommendation letters out of the way, um, I want to briefly talk about early decision versus regular decision versus early action. So Eileen, I know that you ED'd to school and got in. How was that like for you? I mean, it was a pretty good experience. In terms of early decision, if you didn't know, it is a binding agreement. So when you apply early decision to a school, you're saying that if the school accepts me, I'm going to rescind and withdraw all of my other applications and legally I signed something saying that I will 100% enroll in the school that I was accepted in early decision. I knew uh, for about two years now that I wanted to apply early decision to Brown. And that's one thing you really need to be sure that this is a school that you want to get into. Um, Statistically speaking, some schools, you do have a higher chance of getting into that school if you do apply early decision only because you know, you're showing so much more commitment. You're saying, I like, you're showing a school that they are your top priority. But do know that if everything else is subpar in your application, that's not going to guarantee you admission to that school at all. So that's a common misconception is that it would increase your chances. If you are accepted into a school early decision, hypothetically, you would have also been accepted to that school regular decision. So although it does definitely increase your chances, be sure that you're picking a school that you are actually okay with enrolling, especially if financial aid is something that's really important to you because they can't guarantee that you're going to get the aid that you really want if you apply early decision. Regular decision, that's just your normal application that's usually due in January and it's not binding. So you can apply to pretty much as many schools as you want. Regular decision, I think Common App caps you at 20 applications, but that's regular decision. And early action is not binding, but it definitely does have an earlier deadline. Um, I would definitely recommend applying to your safety schools early action, if at all possible, so that you can have like that safety net in case you don't get into your um, match or reach schools. So that's the that's my biggest difference between those three. Do you have anything else to add, Trisha? Well, I applied to many schools, early action and regular decision. And if you're applying early action, you want to make sure you have everything done beforehand. Like your essays and stuff are obviously due earlier. And the benefit with early action is, A, you get a decision earlier. So that might help you in terms of, you know, if you need to apply to more schools or, you know, you don't need to apply to more schools, you have your decision earlier. And the second most um like, you know, beneficial thing with early action is you're getting them out of the way. So you don't have to worry about them later. And chances to getting into early action are slightly better than they are with regular decision, just because you're showing that initiative, that Mm. that partial commitment that's like, hey, I'm really interested in your school. Can I make a full commitment? No, but I'm letting you know. Um, So that's my difference in early action and regular decision. And you have to note that a lot of schools don't have early action. I know that for state schools like UF and FSU, they didn't really offer early action. Um, It was just that one deadline that everyone had to meet. And then there are schools that have rolling admission. These are your, um, for us, there are schools like UNF, University of North Florida, Central and South Florida, that you would apply and in a couple weeks your decision would come out. It was just based on the volume of applicants. So those are our biggest tips. Really think before you, you know, especially with early decision, you need to think a lot about whether you can pay if you're really willing to commit. And, you know, if that's your dream school, and if it is, please, like, go ahead and apply early decision. Just make sure your application is the best it can be before you apply. Absolutely. Now we're going to delve into the topic of essays. And this is inarguably if not the most important part of your application, one of the most important parts of your application. I agree. Because up until this point, everything else, you know, it's been kind of very structured. You have your 10 activities, you have your grades and your test scores that, you know, the schools are going to see. 
it's all just stats and numbers, right? This personal statement and these supplement essays, these are what are really going to get you in. These are what is really going to set you apart as an applicant. And I know you've heard this a million times that it's so important, but I really cannot stress enough how important this is, especially if you don't have what a lot of um, college people in the college scene, I guess, would call like a hook. Like if you don't have that one shining star achievement in your extracurricular or like whatever it is that really sets you apart, this is where you're really going to have to focus in and just grind. And I say it's so important because it is what sets you apart from the numbers, the statistics. It is your voice and it is your personality that someone is going to have to take the time to read. So making it the best you can is you owe it to yourself to have that be your best shot at getting into college. Like I cannot tell you how many times people have had subpar grades that I've seen and like subpar statistics, especially like watching videos. And then they will say that their essay is what really like, sh- like, re- like, you know, made them stand out. And because grades are so common, like everyone can have like, like th- thousands of people are going to have that 5.0 GPA that 1580 on their SAT but can everyone write a good essay that makes themselves thoroughly communicate and present themselves in a way that the reader's really gonna like play to no and that's where you stand out you don't have to have the best grades so you have a good essay I guarantee it's gonna make them remember you absolutely that's the one thing you have to be memorable and I know so many students that do have the perfect extracurriculars that did have the perfect grades that did not get into their dream schools because their essays or their like sense of personality in their application was subpar or fake. Like they created a narrative that wasn't them and it was so easy to see through. So in terms of writing this essay, I would say read a lot of literature, get your creative writing on, get a lot of inspiration from writing around you read a lot in the few months. And I mean, you should be a regular reader, but like, if you're not read a lot before you try and write this essay, it can really help you get your flow on. Don't embellish it with too many large words. It should just have your voice. Explore a bunch of different topics. Have multiple essay topics explored and thought about. Be really unique. Tell your own story. Don't necessarily use other essays as a template. We've talked over and over again about how the fact how you need to set yourself apart and be unique. If you read an essay and you're like, wow, this is a great essay, it's fine to be inspired by it. Don't use it as a template because then right off the bat, you're not being original. I can tell from my own experience, I did try to almost replicate some essays that I really admired and they never hit for me. And Trisha and I both kind of went through a little crisis in the middle of October, <laughs> rewriting our personal statements because we didn't feel like they it really represented us well enough that we were trying to fake it too much, that we were trying to push a narrative that wasn't really us. Yeah. Our crisis kind of happened because we were trying to sell ourselves to these people. Like it wasn't really us. It wasn't our voice. It was like, making ourselves like putting us on a gold platter but like it was fake it was what we thought they wanted to hear not what we actually wrote and that's why like it's so important don't think about what they want to hear write what you think will do you the best absolutely and let me tell you one thing that that is never going to be is an extracurricular yeah try not to talk about your extracurriculars try not to talk about how science fair change your life or how you being the president of your class made such a like just skip that think about how many class presidents there are in this world think about how many people do science fair that's not going to set you apart in any way this is a personality essay it's what distinguishes you as a student you really need to need to highlight what is unique about you as an individual about in your past and whatever it is what are you going to bring to the school 
this is the time to really highlight your personality and to really highlight your individuality as an individual, pretty much. Write what comes naturally. Be very genuine. If they, just don't try to rush it. I know for me, I just the one that finally stuck with me is just I just started writing a story about myself like I just started randomly writing I tried to forget the whole idea of a college essay and I wrote and I ended up being able to tweak it into something that I was really proud of to this day still really love that essay still have not grown sick of it hate Mm -hmm. to toot my my own horn like that but definitely do try to have it done by the end of the summer if it doesn't happen definitely don't sweat it I know I had many drafts that I thought were perfect at the time by the end of the summer and then come October I had a total freak out and decided to change it all so don't sweat it too much but do try to have your personal statement done by the end of the summer so that you own it on your supplements I think that it's important to set deadlines to push yourself but at the end of the day creative writing is something that you can't force it's really what comes to you at the time when me and Eileen were like writing and writing and writing like at the end of the day, it randomly just occurred to us that we need to change our essence. Like that was completely by luck. Um, but with that being said, don't have too many people review your essays. This is something mm-hmm. I struggled with a lot. I like had so many people look over my essays to make it the best it possibly could be. And with these people and their comments, I lost my own voice in that essay. It became an amalgamation of all these people's thoughts and my structure. But it wasn't my essay and these conflicting opinions and viewpoints. It didn't do me well, especially for people that didn't know me. Get a few people. For example, maybe one, someone that knows you really well and can make sure you're describing yourself in the best way possible and that knows your voice. And two, someone that, you know, has the grammar and has the wording down and can structurally be sound. I feel like those are the only two people you really need because many people, many opinions, not your essay anymore. Absolutely. I know for me personally, I chose two close friends. One of them was Trisha. She helped me through the edit, helped me find better words, helped me make sure that it really flowed. But she never really tried to change the structure or the overall like message of my essay at all. Another one was my good friend, Gabby, which we have definitely had on this podcast before. We yeah. love Gabby. She is such an amazing creative writer. So I definitely wanted her to take a look at it. And she said, she really just talked to me about how she thought it was unique and individual and gave me a couple pointers and that was it I did not share my essay with anyone else I didn't ask for any other pointers I mean I think I did share it with my English teacher as well but try not to get too many too many different opinions you don't have to listen to everyone if someone says something and you don't necessarily agree with it you know maybe in your gut you're like I really do still want to keep this as part of my essay do so and with that being said sharing your essays be really careful who you share your essays with because I shared it with someone who I was like really important to me and then she ended up literally writing a draft like based on my essay and I was like oh hello Mm, yeah please don't do that like it was literally the same concept and I was like so be very careful who you share your essays with but with college essays I know that during my time I saw a lot of friends go through like you know like toxic behaviors where they were like trying to snag each other's essay and like read and like inspire like it was a really weird time and I don't know if that was just because of COVID and staying home and but like be very careful who you share them with some things to summarize don't talk about extracurriculars my essay was about my childhood fruit game it was literally about a game I played as a child that my aunt made up with me and ended up being something I'm still really proud of the to this day like I took something super small and that doesn't mean you have to find meaning in nothing because, you know, there are things that are meaningful to you and you only. Like how many people can you say have the fruit game be something that 
they talk about, you know, like in my mind, like something so meaningless and small can make a big impact on the reader. You know, I know you already said this, Trisha, definitely do be very wary about who you share your essays with. If someone's begging you for their essay, probably not someone that you would really want to share your essay with, because even even if people have good intentions, it does they do tend to, you know, take ideas from you and take your like all of a sudden some essays might have very eerily similar structures or whatever and that's just not really what you want as someone that's trying to portray themselves as very unique in the application process so that's it for our personal statement we're going to talk a little briefly about supplements if that is something that will be a part of your application process i would definitely say look into the school's values and tailor your supplements to that or at least to that prompt remember that supplements are supposed to be 50 50 50 percent you selling yourself to the school and the other 50% saying why you would, why that school is so good for you. So it needs to be like half and half, almost like why you're good for them and why they're good for you. Exactly. So, yeah, because think about it, like colleges are still businesses. They still want to recruit people that are going to help their environment flourish, help their campus like get even better. So you need to sell yourself to that school, but also it the other way around as well. So I, I agree with Eileen. And I think that if you really want to go to school, you're going to have to do research about it. What specific classes, maybe professors. I know that Eileen talked about, was it the big green? The long Yeah, green? the main green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the main green. And like, you know, because you wouldn't know that unless you did some research. And I think research will really show the professor that you are the uh, admissions officer, my bad, that you really want to go to that school. Like I said, it's a commitment. College is a four-year commitment, and they're not going to just admit someone who half, that's a bad word, who, like, doesn't really want to go to that school when other people show so much promise of commitment, knowing so many little things about the school. Absolutely. So definitely tailor, tailor your essays to yourself, but also to the school and their values. If you're applying to a very religious school, it's not really the time to talk about how you found a love for gay rights do you know what i mean like definitely tailor the supplement to that school and appeal to what they look for as a student if that's something that you can offer and finally i would say please just don't apply to too many schools Mm -hmm. don't burden yourself with a 20 school workload like it's going to really lower the overall quality of all your applications. At the end of the day, you will only be going to one school. You don't want to spread yourself too thin. The more supplements you commit yourself to, the lower quality each of those supplements is going to be. I know obviously in my experience, I I only applied to one school. I only wrote supplements for one school and I spent like three months just tailoring the those three supplements to the best of my ability. Obviously, it wasn't a very good decision because I should have prepared other supplements for other schools. It ended up working out for me, but and I don't mean only per, um, prepare supplements for one school. I just mean don't spread yourself out among like 20 different schools and try to prepare supplements for all of them. Although you can recycle supplements for multiple different schools, you want the quality to be as good as possible. You want to be able to set yourself apart as much as possible. Spend time on the ones that you really care about and just get at it. Yeah. And I agree with Eileen, and I've seen people, and, like, uh, obviously, like, a lot of our friends, like, applying to, like, 25 schools, and then ended up just, like, stressing and being burnt out, and it's not a good situation to be in. Every school is different, 
And so applying to 20 schools, it kind of insinuates that, like, you don't really know where you want to go. And then the values of that school are, you know, like, some people may apply for prestige. And as well, like, you know, it's really, like, important to have prestige for some people. But it's also important to consider the actual values of the school and if you're actually going to be happy there. I know that Fisk um, does, like, a really good um, compilation of, like, colleges and, like, things that you might need to look for if you're looking for those books and it talks about like diversity and like money and like income like how much you're putting in versus how much you're going to get out and like just like little tips and tidbits about each college and if you really have a like a big list of colleges that you think you might need to narrow down do some research my biggest and I know Eileen introduced this website to me college find it has helped me so much in my college application application process it's insane. It's, please use it. Please. It's a free resource. We are not being asked to say any of this. We don't get anything from you using College Vine. There's a lot of resources on there. It'll help you through your entire application process. Any questions you have, they've been able to answer on their website. They have a lot of essay reviews. You can get other students to anonymously read and review your essay if you would like. Um, it helped. Ugh, I can't even tell you how much so many that website helped me. So many live streams. Learning about colleges. Talking to the students of those different colleges just collegevine.com can't stress that enough if you do follow me on instagram you know i went on a whole spiel on my instagram Mm -hmm. story and it's in my highlights if you want to know more about it it's just i can't stress it enough college vine absolutely free there's nothing that you need to pay for it nowhere are they going to ask you for any money use college vine those are our tips for college admissions from our one year of, you know, this insane grind and stress that is college. At the end of the day, you're going to find a school that, you know, is going to make you happy. And it's obviously I can't say don't stress over it because that's inevitable. But, you know, like really enjoy this experience because it will provide you with like insights about yourself that you haven't known before. And like really it's just eye opening to me. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you do have any more questions about the college application process that you do think that we can answer, feel free to reach out to us. Our Instagram is at firstgenfailures. Um, We're so glad that you listened in today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. I don't know when we'll be back, but hopefully we'll hear from you guys again. So bye-bye. Our DMs are definitely always open, though, if you have yes. questions. Because we're logged Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Bye, friends. Good luck with your college admissions, and I hope you enter the school of your dreams. Bye.